Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. This evening we'll be looking at a little bit about Mary. And um, before we jump into there, though, um, just have a thought here about a motherly example. And, um, you know, Mary was and is the, the mother of Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's a lot about her, though, that sometimes we kind of overlook, and and uh, especially with being Mother's Day today, just want to kind of go back and, and look at uh, her life a little bit more intimately um, about maybe why the Lord chose her uh, to be the mother of His Son. And um, as we celebrate today, and a day of celebrating the women in our life who we call mom, not all birth or all mothers are birth mothers. In fact, they can be stepmothers, grandmothers, adopted mothers, and also spiritual mothers. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the women that God has brought into my life that are mothers to me and whom God used to help me. I mean, I'm blessed that my, you know, that my mother is still alive. I'm glad that she's a, a Christian. And, uh, you know, it's the older that I get, the more that I appreciate my mother. You know, when I was a teenager, you know, didn't really, uh, you know, didn't really appreciate my parents as much as, as I should have. And, uh, and, you know, probably said some stupid things like teenagers do. <laughs> but uh, now I look back and I'm, I'm really thankful for that I still have my mom with me today, you know, because not everybody does. And, and I'm thankful that she's there for me whenever I need her. And she's supportive of us being here in Ireland, even though she knows it's away from her. And I'm thankful for that. I really am. Um, I'm blessed that I have a, a wonderful mother-in-law. You know, um, I can't use the mother-in-law jokes, <laughs> you know, that, all, that are all out there. Because, honestly, my mother-in-law is a gem. Uh, she is such a blessing to, to me, and, and I'm thankful that I get a chance to be a part of her family. And, uh, and just a blessing that, um, that God has given me to have her in my life as well. I'm also thankful for the spiritual mothers that God used to help strengthen my faith and my walk with God. Um, had it not been for them opening up their home uh, and their hearts when I was a 17-year-old young teenager, uh, just come out from the world, knew nothing about Christianity, nothing about God, had these women not opened their homes and taught me about being a Christian, taught me uh, just being a godly young person, I don't know if I would still be, you know, uh, a Christian today. You know, I, I really don't know. I, I, I'm indebted to these, uh, these women that have poured themselves into my life. Um, all of these women have left an impact on my life. And the mothers that are in your life have also left an impact whether good or bad, upon your life. See, our mothers have instilled many things in us that still affect us as we become adults, and then having children of our own. Uh, I'm sure probably, you know, uh, these young, young women, you know, they, uh, they grow up, and pretty soon they start talking to their children, and they all suddenly, it clicks in their head saying, I sound just like my mother. <laughs> because they instilled something in you. They, 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 something lasted in, 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 in a, 
and it helped make who you are. Now, there are some good things and there are some bad things that our, our parents instill into us. We need to take the good stuff and learn uh, from the bad stuff and not to, to bring that into our own life. Um, but have you ever wondered why of all the Jewish women of the tribe of Judah that were alive at this time, that God chose Mary to be the mother of Jesus Christ? I mean, she wasn't the only virgin of the tribe of, of, uh, of Judah and of probably of the lineage of David. Uh, there was probably cousins or something or, or other people like that. What made her different? Why did God say, you know what, I want to choose her. I want to use her rather than somebody else. And, and, and I was thinking about that and looking at, at uh, Luke chapter 1. There's some things that, that uh, uh, the Scripture kind of really reveal about um, the life of Mary. And, and I want to look at that um, this evening. It was no accident that God considered to use her. You know, um, nothing is an accident with the Lord. And there was a reason why He chose her. And I believe that there are qualities about Mary that God wanted her to teach and instill into her firstborn son, Jesus, and her family. She wasn't just picked to only be a vessel. She was picked also to be, to be the mother of, her son, of, of His son. I mean, He wanted her to be the one that would be taking care of His, of his son as He grew up. Um, uh, being there when, when Jesus scuffed his knee, fell down and, you know, crying and hurt, you know, he wanted her there to, to be able to comfort him, to take care of him as a mother does. Um, she wasn't just a vessel just to be used, just to, to bring him into the world. He chose her to be a mother. Now, tonight I want to look at three attributes that Mary had that were honorable and would strengthen her family with. And these three attributes can be applied to our own lives and also help us with our own families. And uh, let's look at uh, chapter 1, verse number 26. Luke chapter 1, verse number 26. <clears throat> In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, he shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The first thing I want to look at with Mary here is that she was a woman of integrity and virtue. She was a woman of integrity and virtue. What do you mean by integrity? What does that mean? Well, integrity is, a, is moral soundness or purity. 
incorruptness, uprightness, honesty. Integrity comprehends the whole moral character. Integrity is something that we should all desire to strive for in our lives. See, though Mary, she wasn't perfect. You know, she wasn't sinless. Okay? She was a sinner just like you and I. And uh, she was, she grew up in this world just like you and I do. Um, she was not perfect, but she decided to be a young woman of integrity. She had even become engaged to a young man named Joseph. He also was a man of integrity, but that's a sermon for another time. There was one thing in particular that gave Mary an opportunity to be the mother of Jesus. It was the fact that she was still a virgin, even though she was in a committed relationship. Even though she was already a spouse, she was, she was engaged to, this, to, to Joseph, they still chose to do things right, to be honorable, and to stay separated until the time of their wedding night. And so because they honored that, she was kept a virgin. She kept her purity. She kept her, uh, herself uh, from that temptation. Um, and because that she was a virgin, that was the main, one of the main reasons why she was able to be the mother of Jesus Christ. Now, does that mean that Mary and Joseph weren't tempted to be together before they were married? No. Um, Mary and Joseph had flesh just like all of us here. You know, they, they were in a relationship. Uh, obviously, they, they probably liked each other, you know. Uh, I know things were a little bit differently back then in Jewish culture and, and with arranged marriages at, at some times. But they knew each other, and obviously they were, they were a spouse, they were going to be married, and there was a relationship of some degree there. Uh, Mary was not immune to temptation. She had flesh. She was tempted. He was tempted. Uh, the devil knew that uh, he, he loves to throw those temptations in there. But instead of yielding to temptation, she chose to do right and to stay pure. See, Mary had to be a virgin in order to be the mother of Jesus Christ. And so fulfilled the scripture found in Isaiah 7.14, which says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Even though some of the new modern versions take out the virgin birth and things like that, uh, this had to happen in order for her to be chosen as the mother of Jesus Christ. She had to be a virgin. She had to be pure. She had to have a good have had her testimony. I believe she, like King David, who wrote in Psalm twenty-five twenty-one, may have said in her heart, "Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on Thee." See, God promises to bless someone with integrity, and He did so here. Proverbs 20, verse 7 uh, says, The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. And it's not just the men that God blesses. He blesses women too. Uh, you know, put her in here. You know, the just woman walketh in her integrity. Her children are blessed after her. It's the same thing with, with, with women as it is with men. Integrity and having that integrity, that, that, that virtue within us saying, you know what, I'm going to stay pure. You know, I'm, I'm going to try to have a good testimony. I'm going to do the things that are right. I'm not going to succumb to temptation and, and ruin my life and ruin my opportunities to, to be able to, to be used of God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay focused and let God use me as He sees fit. 
See, God desires to use those who strive to have integrity, as is noticed here with Mary. But not only did Mary have integrity and virtue, but Mary was also a woman who was yielded to God. You see, Mary had no idea that day of what would happen and come upon her. Um, you know, I mean, can you imagine being her footsteps before Gabriel ever comes upon the scene? You know, she's just living the, 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 the life of a normal Jewish young woman, probably dreaming of her future with Joseph and counting down the days until they were going to be married. You know, like most women do today, you know, that are engaged, you know. I remember when Jennifer and I first got engaged, we were counting down the days of when that marriage, that, that day would be happening. I'm sure, you know, she knew she was married to Joseph and, and she was probably counting down those days. Um, and all of a sudden, this interruption comes into their life. All of a sudden, she wasn't expecting Gabriel to come in and, and to turn up her life. But her reaction shows that she had something more than just a weak faith. See, she didn't grow up thinking that one day she'd be the mother of God incarnate. You know, I don't think when she was a little girl that her mom said, uh, Mary, if you stay right, you're going to become the mother of, of, uh, of the Messiah. She wasn't told that. She wasn't brought up with that knowledge that she would have this great opportunity and blessing to uh, to to give birth to uh, to the Messiah, she wouldn't. She had no idea about that. She wasn't raised with that. There was nothing that that the prophets told her, saying, "Mary, you're, there's going to be something great with your life. You're gonna uh, you're gonna give birth to the to, to Emmanuel." Um, she wasn't told that. She grew up just like an average, normal little Jewish girl. But yet, when this time came in her life she decided to do something about this announcement that she heard. Um, but she did grow up believing in God and trusting His Word. I mean, you can imagine why she was so startled when Gabriel appeared to her. I mean, uh, put yourself in her place. Here she is minding her own business, and all of a sudden Gabriel uh, appears to her and shows up to her and, and greets her. I mean, it probably shocked her. Uh, look at verse number 26 again. The sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to, into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came into, uh, into her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. I mean, can you imagine as she, as she heard that greeting, thinking, why is he calling me blessed? Why is he calling me highly favored? I'm nobody. I'm a no. I'm just a. I'm just a, a poor Jewish girl. Uh, I've done nothing in my life to gain God's favor. Why is why is this this uh, why is this angel talking to me in the, in this manner? And verse number twenty nine says, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. So she was kind of wondering, puzzled, and thinking about, what is, what is going on here? Uh, how, how can I be this blessed and highly favored woman? And then as, as she was thinking about his greeting, 
Uh, verse 30 says, The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he goes on and talks about her son that, that, um, uh, that she would bear. What would happen to him? That he should be great, that shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. And then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. As she considered his words uh, of what he was telling her, I mean, this is, this is news that is going to change her life forever. Um, uh, that, she would, that she would have a son. Uh, she, she didn't know how this was going to be. I mean, you know, we read before, she's still a virgin. She's never been with a man. How could this be that she would have this child? Um, he went to tell her, or, you know, as, as she was thinking about all that was happening, he was showing her what God wanted to do with her in her life and how he wanted to use her. Now, she wasn't doubting Gabriel that she could bear a son, but she was confused how she could have a child being a virgin and never knowing a man. I mean, you know, she didn't doubt that it could be done, but she just didn't understand how. How could this be? You know, it, it's never been done before. A virgin having a child never happened before. So this was a new thing. This was something that was seen as impossible. How can this be in this condition? So, we, so Gabriel, uh, even after being told how God would do it, uh, Gabriel reassured her that it could be possible by telling her about her cousin Elizabeth being pregnant, who was barren for a very long time. And it was impossible at that time for Elizabeth to have a child, and yet God gave them a child. And Gabriel said, look, just like Elizabeth has, has got this child, who everybody thought it was going to be impossible, this can happen too. This can happen too. Then Gabriel awaited her decision. See, it was up to Mary whether or not God would use her to be the mother of his son Jesus. See, Mary then made her decision and decided to yield herself to God's will. Now, did she understand everything that was going to happen to her? No, I don't think she did. Did she think about what could happen as an unwed, pregnant Jewish woman? Probably. I mean, back in those days, having that kind of reputation, I mean, you know, Joseph, when he found out, he could have had her stoned. You know, thinking that she played the harlot. But he loved her too much, even though they've never been together, even though they were just they were engaged and espoused, uh, he still loved her. And he was a very honorable man. And so in his mind, he said, I'm not going to allow them to, to, to hurt her, to kill her. I'll, I'm just going to put her away, you know, out of, out of sight. And, um, but then the angel comes to him and tells him, look, 
the, 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 the child that's in Mary is the Son of God. And Joseph, instead of turning away and abandoning Mary, he gets on board. And he becomes her, the support that she needs. I mean, can you imagine what they had to endure? You know, the, the murmuring behind their back as they walked by. Uh, the other women, as maybe Mary went out to the well or whatever, she, her chores or whatever, the other women in the village, probably talking about behind her back, you know, insinuating between her and Joseph what had happened or what, what she did with her life. She probably thought about those things that could happen to her. And yet, even though she considered these things, she still decided to choose to trust God rather than let her fears run away with her heart. I mean, can you imagine her? I mean, she probably could have been so scared of what could happen that she said, no, no, can't do it. No, I'm not going to allow this to happen. I'm too afraid of what other people could think. I'm too afraid of what, uh, what's going to happen. Instead, she chose to trust God. What's amazing here is that God did not force her to become the mother of Jesus. He didn't force her. He desired that she would be the one to give birth and to raise Jesus, but He let her choose. He didn't force her to become the mother. Mary chose to trust the angel. Look in verse number, uh, as you, uh, look, uh, verse number 38. And Mary said, after she heard these things and heard about her cousin, verse 38, Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. She made the decision then to say, Behold, I'm here. If this is what God's will is for me, I accept it. That's what He wants to do with my life, I accept it. I'll use me in this way. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to accept that and trust God that this is His will. And whatever happens, happens. She trusted Him. She trusted in the word that Gabriel brought that this would happen to her. Um, you know, in a similar matter, God desires all men to be saved, but He does not force them to repent and become born again. He lets them choose their path. He didn't force Mary to become the, the mother of Jesus. He let her choose to allow this to happen to her. She willingly yielded herself and said, Lord, whatever you want in my life, I'll do it. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Even if it was going to cost her Joseph, even if it was going to cost her everything, she yielded her heart and said, God, whatever you want in my life. See, Mary could have said no. I believe God wouldn't have used her. He would have chose someone else. See, there's many people today who say no to God. And God doesn't force them whether it's for salvation or service to Him. I believe that there, are, there, there should be missionaries all throughout this world. I mean, there should be revivals going on, but I believe that it's not happening because there's a lot of Christians who said no. When God was calling them, saying, 
I want you to follow me. I want you to trust me. I'm gonna, I want you to go to this place. I want you to talk to that person. I want you to start this church. I want you to serve me here. And for some reason or other, they said, no. Whether they let the fear stand in the way. Whether they let the intimidation. Uh, maybe they let the pressure of family say, no, we, we can't let that person go. And they say no. The only thing that they are robbing is the blessings that God had for their life. I mean, God had so much more for them. And instead of yielding their life and their heart like Mary did, they said, no, don't want to be used that way. It's not what I want in my life. Can you imagine if Mary said that? It would be a different story. I, I humbly believe that. I believe it would be a different story than what we read today. Instead, as a young woman, she said, that's what the Lord has for my life. I accept it, and I want to do that. Look at verse number 39. So after Gabriel left, there's, I don't believe there's any supernatural feeling or experience that took place upon Mary. Otherwise, she probably wouldn't have left to visit her cousin Elizabeth to see for herself about what Gabriel had said to her. Look at verse number 39. And uh, it says here, And Mary, so after Gabriel leaves, and uh, Mary rose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now this is the Holy Ghost you know, uh, speaking through Elizabeth here. Uh, you know, she's, she's getting this, this understanding, this wisdom, I believe, because of the Holy, Holy Spirit. And this is look at verse 42. And she, spoke, and she spake with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believeth. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. I mean, you know, she probably, when she heard about her cousin, she probably said, I wonder if this is really going to happen. <laughs> you know, not that she was doubting God. But I mean, you know, can you imagine thinking, is this really going to happen? And so she, I think she just wanted to see, is, is this really happening with Elizabeth? And if it's happening with Elizabeth, then God... I can trust God that's going to happen with me too. And so as soon as she can, she leaves and she visits Elizabeth. And uh, Mary, as we see here, Mary was pregnant by the time she arrived to Elizabeth's house. Uh, Jesus had already been conceived in her womb. He's already been conceived. So by the time she left and by the time she arrived to, to Elizabeth's house, uh, Jesus had already been conceived. And the, this conversation between herself and Elizabeth confirmed in her own heart that God had done a miracle within her. I mean, it was confirmation. I mean, can, you know, when you, when, as soon as she talks to, to Elizabeth, Elizabeth starts praising about what God is doing in her womb. How did Elizabeth know about that? Nobody told, she didn't tell anybody about it, probably. And yet here, miles away, you know, they didn't have email, text message back then. <laughs> First thing she does when she talks to Elizabeth, Elizabeth says, Oh, uh, 
what's in your womb, you're going to be called blessed. And it confirmed in her heart she could trust God, that God was going to be true to His Word, true to His promise. Lastly, tonight, she not only was a woman who had integrity, she was also a woman who was yielded to God. But she lastly was a woman that believed in and was faithful to her son. See, when Mary heard the words from Elizabeth, she rejoiced deep in her heart and her soul. She believed God's word and put her faith in the promise of what her son would do. Now, she didn't understand everything that would happen in Jesus' life. Nobody could understand what was going to happen. But she believed that he was the promised Savior. Look at verse number uh, 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. I mean, she looked at what that, that, that fruit that was in her womb. She knew He is the Savior, the only one. You know, her heart didn't change after Jesus was born. When she saw His little face for the first time in that stable, her heart probably overflowed with love and worship of her son. I mean, can you imagine holding in her hands, seeing the face of her Savior for the very first time? I mean, can you imagine? I don't know, I don't know if you guys do this or not, but I wonder sometimes, you know, what, what Jesus looks like. You know? Uh, what's He going to look like when I get to heaven? You know, we all see the pictures and all the crazy stuff that's out there sometimes. And you kind of wonder, what's He look like? And as she was sitting there nine months waiting for him to be born, wondering, oh, I wonder what he's going to look like. You know, what's he, what's, I wonder how he's going to sound like. What's he, is he going to be perfect? Is he going to have all five fingers and, you know, on this hand and five fingers on that hand? Is he going to have ten little toes? You know, is he going to have a little nose and everything that mothers do? She wondered, and, and, then, and when she saw him for the first time, I think her heart just overflowed with love that God entrusted His Son to her care. And she realized that she had a great responsibility put into her life. Then, the, then came the shepherds, and they told her all that the angels had said. The Bible says that she, she hid them in her heart. She pondered them in her heart, thinking, wow, man, my son, I can't wait to see what happens when he grows up. Then come the wise men. They brought gifts and they worshipped Him. Imagine as these strangers, these foreigners, come, come into her home and all they want to do is to give, give gifts and bow down and worship her, her little child. He's about two years old at this time. And just amazed that these kings, these rich men would come and worship her son, these Gentiles even. I wonder, wow, something special about this boy. It affirmed her heart, her faith. Then when Jesus was in the temple at 12 years old, and as she is frantically looking all over Jerusalem, because she had uh, assumed that he had been with family when they left Jerusalem, and uh, found out that he wasn't. And uh, her and Joseph went back and looked all over Jerusalem and finally found him in the temple and began to rebuke him, you know, because... They were scared. They were frightened about what could have happened to him. 
And, uh, and he said that, and he told us that, uh, look actually chapter 2, verse number 49. See what his response was. This is his first recorded words. He said unto him, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not, don't ye know, that I must be about my father's business? And that was a confirmation in her own heart. If you look at verse number 50, he said, They understood not the saying which he spake unto them. He didn't, they didn't understand it completely, what he was talking about. Um, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. She remembered what he said, what he told her. Then when she and Jesus was invited to a wedding and ran out of grape juice, she knew Jesus could help them, and he performed his first recorded miracle at her urging. When she wanted to see her son another time, but he was thronged by multitudes and declared who his family truly was, she heard it, and though she kind of maybe wondered about it there, and maybe it could have hurt her a little bit, but she still believed on him. She still believed on him. When Jesus came into Jerusalem, being heralded as the Messiah, she believed in him then too. When just a short time later, that same crowd called out to crucify him, she still believed in him, but did not know what to think. Here, her son was now being paraded through the streets of Jerusalem, beaten, whipped, and on his way to be crucified. She didn't understand it. She didn't understand it. Maybe she then remembered what Simeon had told her after Jesus was born, eight days after he was born, that there would be a piercing in her heart. It was that time that had come when she was going to have to watch her son die. As her son was crucified, she still believed and would not leave his side until he breathed his last breath. And as they buried him, she still believed and knew that he is the Son of God. She knew it. Maybe she didn't understand all that was going to happen, but she knew. She trusted that he was still the Son of God. Nothing had changed. When three days later, news came that... Uh, Jesus had risen from the grave and was alive, and she still believed. I mean, can you imagine the heart that she, when, when she began to hear those words that her son is alive again? I mean, can you just imagine the, oh, just the, the love and, and, and the hope of seeing her son again alive? As she watched her son ascend into the clouds, she still believed in him as her Savior. And as she breathed her last breath before she died, she still believed and rejoiced to see her son once again in heaven. She was a woman of faith, and that strong faith was instilled upon her children. Her son Jude was saved and wrote the book of Jude. That's one of the, the half-brothers of Jesus. She, she instilled faith in her, in her family. She was a woman who had integrity. She was a woman who yielded herself to God. And she was a woman that believed and was faithful to her son, faithful to the Savior. See, this world today, you know, 
tries to, to lift up women, you know, the, that the most beautiful women are the ones that should be idolized. You know, the, woman, the women who are uh, the richest, the women who are the most powerful, the, the ones that, that can uh, have risen above everybody else and, and, and allowed their star to shine, so to speak, that they're the ones who should be honored and lifted up and praised and, and worshipped by the world. I mean, you see in all the magazines that you go to the, the stores there, you know, uh, all the tabloid magazines are just trying to figure out, oh, what's all the stars doing and what are they wearing, you know. Um, and yet the Bible says in Proverbs 31.30, it says, Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. And that's a good testimony to have for a woman to have, even for a man too. You know, favor is deceitful. Even for men, beauty is vain. There's a lot of men out there who try to look polished, you know, look the best. But even a man that feareth the Lord as well, I think he'll be praised as well. That he stayed faithful no matter what the world said, this is what you should be. See, as pastor preached this morning, women today are seen as objects by the world. If they don't fit a certain mold that they think women are to be, then they're just not acceptable. God does not see women in that manner. He sees them as His precious children that He wants to have relationship with. He wants them to get saved, first of all. He wants to have that relationship with them. He wants to be a part of their life. That's the relationship that He desires. See, women have a strong role in our homes. They do so much and receive so little credit. They deserve to be honored and praised because it is seldom that it's done in most homes. And as we looked at Mary tonight, we should desire to have the integrity, the virtue, the yielding to God and faith that Mary portrayed in her life. She is an example of, I believe, what parents should desire to instill into their own children and to have in their own life. I mean, just looking at a little bit about Mary, I believe these were some characteristics that really shone in her life that God was pleased with. God said, you know what? I like that. I want, I want her to, to have that influence in my son and, and to raise him because he knew that she would take care of him, that she would be the mother that he would want her to be. But I ask you tonight, are you yielded? God were to ask you to serve somewhere, to do something for Him, are you yielded? Or are you like Mary and say, no, can't do it. I've got this, that, or the other that I want to do with my life instead. Or are you afraid maybe of, of handing out leaflets to your coworkers because you're afraid of what they might say? Even though God said, hey, I want you to witness to that person. Are you yielded in your own families? Um, are your homes a, a place where God is glorified? Just ask you tonight, are you yielded? It's a good place to be. Let's go ahead and bow in a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you so much again for your grace. Lord, I do thank you that we have Mary as a, a wonderful example 
of, of how we can also live our lives pleasing to you. Lord, she was just a young woman. Um, she could have said no. She could have said, no, I've got my own life, my own plans, my own dreams. I don't want to do this. I believe, God, you would have chose someone else. Lord, I know we all in here, we have our own dreams. We have our own desires. We have our, our own things that we want to do. And I just pray, God, that when your still, small voice says, hey, I want you to do this. I want you to do this for me. Would you go? Would you do this? I pray, Lord, that we would say yes. God, use me. Um, I'm, I'm your servant. Whatever you want to do with my life, it's yours. You, you have you've bought it with the price of your blood. You can do whatever you want with my life. I just pray that you give us courage to raise our families that, in, a, in a, the way that we need to. In faith, following you, following your word. And uh, no matter what the world says is correct and proper thing to do, but to raise godly children and have a godly influence on our children. Um, and Lord, I just pray that you would bless our homes in this church. God, that you'd magnify and use them. And Lord, that we'd see uh, just a great outpouring of blessing upon uh, our church family. Lord, as we yield ourselves to you and want to see great things done here in Balancholy uh, through us. And I just pray that you'd bless tonight's message, Lord. We do thank you and we do love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.